Good morning, good morning, and good morning, and welcome to yet another episode of Popping Off with Phil the Podcast. Happy Tuesday, co-host. It's a little quiet because I'm actually not in transit. I'm actually sitting still, and it's not exactly morning, but trying to say good afternoon, good afternoon, good afternoon is a little more challenging. Besides, most of you don't listen to this in the morning. Some of you listen to it at night or the evening or not even the same day, so it doesn't really matter. Anyway, hey y'all. Um, I hope your week has gotten off to a great start. Hope you had a, a wonderful, restful weekend. I did not, which was so contrary to my original intention, but it happens like that sometimes. So let's talk about that. Like, have you ever had a plan to just not do ish, <laughs> like not do nothing at all, and it just kind of goes up in smoke? That's kind of what happened to me this past weekend. So I had already agreed to help a friend with a closet install. Be easy. It's not like I'm a handyman. It was very simple from Container Store. But I I said that I would help her put it together. Um, So that was Sunday. So I already knew that I had something to do Sunday. But I didn't get a chance to rest Saturday the way I wanted to. And here is why. So I have a friend who um, hosts a Black History Month party kickback celebration like every year right and we get together and we play games and of course we have conversation about all things black and every person who attends is required to do like a performance a song a dramatic reading um poetry or whatever you want to do to kind of celebrate the ancestors so i'm a singer i typically do a song this year i did a song um misty which isn't by Sarah Vaughn, but I kind of used Sarah Vaughn's interpretation. That's kind of how I sang the song. Um, And it was tightly connected to one of my Black History Month posts because I do that every February. Um, And if you haven't got an opportunity to check it out and you follow me on Facebook, Feels Black History Reels, um, you can see all 29 posts for February 2020 Black History Month. But I digress. Um... So I went home and the song was still kind of on my heart. And so I posted it on my social media, my IG page, my Facebook page, um, and kind of went to bed. Uh, My plan on Saturday was totally to sit on my couch. I had food. I had drink. um, I didn't have anywhere to go and nothing to do, which is rare for me. Um, And I was going to catch up on season 18 of Project Runway. Like that was the total plan. Someone saw my post and was like, hey, have you ever done studio background work? And I was like, well, you don't have a little experience, very little. Um, he was like, well, are you, you know, what, what are you doing up so early? And I was like, I'm typically a morning person, so this isn't very rare for me. He said, what are your plans today? I said, I don't really have anything planned. He was like, well, I need a tenor for a, a service. You know, it pays a little something. Are you interested? And I literally just had a conversation with two of my best friends about not turning down nobody's coin, especially not in 2020 when the operation is to get my life in order because I want to become a homeowner. Maybe not 2020, but I'm, I'm just trying to be more conscientious about saving and budgeting and not, you know, living paycheck to paycheck and not spending every single dime in my account. Um, and so far, so good. I've had a couple of influxes of of good luck this year and some unexpected money that's kind of helped to keep me afloat but I've also been able to kind of put a few coins away in savings and you know do a couple of things so it's been really really good I'm really really excited nonetheless um 
I ended up doing the service, which was cool. And then since I was on the side of town of one of my really good friends, Andrew, and I was like, well, I'm going to hang out with her, see what's going on with her. Well, if she's available, let's do lunch or something like that because I was starved because I hadn't eaten. I literally got up, got dressed, pulled out clothes, drove to the other side of town for me. I live in Chamblee. I need to get to East Point within a certain period of time. Um, and I hadn't eaten. So that's kind of where I was. End up grabbing food from Mr. Everything. Um, if you live in Atlanta, especially if you live on the south side of town, um, and you have not been to Mr. Everything, you need to go. I have never been so pleased with something so simple. Uh, they have this thing called a rice bowl, literally, and then you can add protein. So it's literally yellow rice, onions, bell peppers, mushrooms, tomatoes, and cheese. And then I add like grilled chicken and it is fucking delicious. But it's inside Green Bar Mall. I don't have a lot of experience with Green Bar Mall. One, because I don't live on that side of town. And obviously, you know, I've always been told this is the hood mall. You know what I'm saying? And I'm from Detroit, so I know hood malls, Northland, Eastland. <laughs> um, so I'm familiar. But let me tell you this. Every nigga who has ever nigged was certainly in Green Bar Mall on Saturday afternoon. I mean, I saw everything from every hairstyle to every shape size to every outfit to every face tattoo um to every vendor independent vendor trying to sell something so much going on you can die just trying to get to a parking space and then from your parking space to the actual mall you can die again because people are literally driving through the parking lot like it's a fucking drag race it's ridiculous but you know hey such is life get to the mall Order the food. It's a ridiculous wait because there's tons of people there. Food court is super packed, but they did have a house of hoops. So um, in order to quill my anxiety about being in this new world, I decided to go buy a pair of J's. So that made me feel a little bit better. And they were cute. Um, I would show you a picture, but I guess that doesn't really work on a podcast. Anyway, trust me, they're cute J's. Anyway, <laughs> got, got the food, went back to Andromeda's house and... You know, obviously we, we we chat or whatever the case is, but we always try to find something that's on TV. So her fiance was there. He was watching something. He was like, we don't have to watch this. He was like watching The Office, which I was laughing at. Listen, it's another sidebar. I'm sorry. You know, I'm scatterbrained. If you've never watched The Office, which I have not, but there is this guy named Stanley. He's the black guy who has a tremendous amount of memes out there. Uh, one of my favorites, and I think a lot of people's favorites, is the serious, intense eye roll. There is a Stanley reel on IG that will bless your life. It's like 10 minutes long, and it's like all these clips of like just Stanley and how he responds to people and the faces he makes and his comments and his asides from the actual show, The Office, but it's just all him. Fucking hilarious. Do yourself a favor. Anyway, they're like, why don't we watch... Um love is blind so obviously i have been seeing comments about love is blind all week i'm always behind the curve to be quite honest like i like tv and i'm a huge tv head and i watch tv across all platforms i watch network television i watch premium channels i watch stuff on hulu i watch stuff on netflix i watch stuff on amazon prime i think the only place i'm not watching tv right now is like there's no like popping web series that i'm familiar with and i really wish they would come back because i really enjoy i've really enjoyed some some web series in the past so um 
that's probably about the only platform that I'm not actively watching television on. And so people have been talking about Love is Blind, but of course, I hadn't really gotten into it yet. And then you don't even know if you really want to watch something, if you're really going to be into it, because people keep talking about other things like The Circle. Like, there's a lot of stuff that's out there that I haven't actually watched, but people keep talking about. And so, you know, you're trying to gauge how much of how much of the commentary you're actually going to participate in if you plan on actually actively watching the show. And then obviously people are at different points. So, you know, people are posting based on what they're watching and obviously they're posting pretty live or responding to what you're posting about. So it's like Catch-22 because I'm pretty sure I've probably spoiled it for some other folks too. But, you know, people live for my commentary. So no big deal. Except for one of my friends. He was like, shut up and watch the show. But it didn't matter because I was like, people live for my commentary. Like people want to know what I'm thinking about this. People enjoy my live commentary during live award shows and, and events because it's it because it's me and I'm funny. Shit. I mean, what can I say? So Started watching Love is Blind, totally ruined my weekend because now I'm sucked into the show. I watched three episodes of Her House. No, I'm sorry, four episodes of Her House. Then went home and watched another four episodes, like totally life draining. So let's talk about Love is Blind. So this is a spoiler alert for anybody who is actively watching the show and may not have gotten to the end. Um, this is also a spoiler alert for anybody who is... Um, anticipating watching the show and i apologize for that so i'm just gonna put this out here as a disclaimer spoiler alert so at nine minutes and 35 seconds well we'll say it about 10 minutes i'm gonna start talking about this show and things that i loved and didn't love um but i'm really just gonna kind of get to the end okay first of all let's be real the whole premise of the show is you got these individuals, both uh, male and female contestants, because they're contestants. It's a social experiment. It's a dating experiment. We're going to put you in these separate quarters and you are only going to interact with the opposite sex via a pod. You're not going to know. You're not going to see who they are. And so based on their voice and the conversations that you have, you're going to pretty much determine if this is somebody that you can love. Um and you can't see this person until the point where you're engaged. So first of all, it's like it seems like like 24 type like 24 people. <laughs> they only focus on like six couples anyway. Um Carlton and Diamond, Lauren and Cameron, Kelly and Steve and Barnett and Amber, Mark and Jessica uh Gigi and Damien and then just to kind of throw you off there's like this character LC who another one of the male contestants Barnett was entertaining um so we kind of see her but other than that we really didn't see any of the other guys or girls like they just focused on this these six these six men promote proposed promoted, <laughs> proposed to these six women and then we kind of followed their journey thus you know, from that point forward. Okay. So obviously we're in this pod, you know, at first people are all dressed up. I don't know why people dressed up even the first day. Like people came like all like jazzed up just to see the other dudes or the other girls, but whatever. Um, and then they go into these pods and I guess they randomly go into these pods. They're kind of having conversations with one another. Um, and then basically if you decide that you actually like this person, you like continue to go on this date. So like by day five, for the most part, these six people were pretty much coupled up. They had already decided, these guys had already decided that they liked these people. And it's like, it's crazy because it's like, I've never seen you. I've only heard your voice. 
but I know that I'm in love. And that's kind of like the whole thing. And it's like, fuck out of here. And so this is my thing. Well, because we talk about this all the time. Um, we do live in a very shallow, superficial society. And for the most part, people are pretty content with that. Like, you know, people will say things like looks aren't everything. Looks don't matter. This is that and that is this. But we are initially attracted to someone based on what they look like. Now, we all have different types. So what I'm attracted to, you may not be attracted to. And we see that all the time. I'm actually very grateful. Let me tell you this. Note to self, at the point you and your friends agree unanimously on the fact that somebody is attractive and y'all all single bitch run it is not the place you want to be like it's okay like there are some people who are universally attractive and i'm not going to name any names because i think when you name names this gets it'd be like well i don't think that person is universally attractive you know what i'm saying so i think well no i'm gonna name a name i'm gonna name a name I'm not going to name names. So <laughs> there are some people who are universally attractive. You know, there's, I think we all can agree, male, female, gay, or straight. Because it doesn't have anything to do with that. Like, you can be like, okay, this is an attractive person. We know this, okay? That's one thing. But we all individually have different tastes um, and different likes and different preferences, you know? To some people, some people like skinny people. Some people like... Um, some people like people with meat on their bones. Shout out to all you people who like meat, who like people who got meat on their bones. Um, some people like dark skinned people. Some people like light skinned people. Some people like tall people. Some people like short people. Some people don't care if your teeth aren't perfect. Some people do. Some people don't care if you're cross-eyed. Some people do. Some, you know what I'm saying? Like we all have different, different things. So I, I, I find it very difficult or it's a challenging premise when somebody says looks aren't everything or I don't ba- date people based on looks because there's something about that person that that you're attracted to externally to even get to the point where you want to talk to them and figure out what's going on with them internally now I do agree that a person can be fucking gorgeous and and be <laughs> and have a black soul or an empty soul because I've been there I've messed around entertained people who were absolutely gorgeous but were fucked up individuals you know and vice versa you can find somebody who may not necessarily be the most attractive person but has a heart of gold and so warm and so sweet and because of that you fall in love with those things but there's still something about that part like you got to find something like you know his his left index finger is really long i don't know like you i mean it's got to be something he has really long eyelashes she has you know um a dimple it's got to be something physical that says i think that this person is cool and i want to approach this person and then from that point forward i can determine if their insides match their outsides or if their insides are better than their outsides nonetheless love is blind and i find that there are people who went on this show that were that said things like looks really don't matter um one character in particular was like i don't care if he looks like and i don't know if she said ogre but we'll just say ogre for the sense of for the sake of conversation no i I think she said quasimodo she's like at this point it doesn't matter if he looked like quasimodo i'm so in love with him and his voice and blah 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 and bullshit 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 because when she saw him 
she pretended as if she was excited in the moment but the rest of the series it was always issue after issue and I didn't really see it at first but people were like for her she's really just into an all-american white boy a frat looking guy and this guy is Spanish and not like oh didn't somebody tell me I can't say that no, somebody. No, that's not what somebody said. So this person is of Spanish descent, um, um, Latin, not as well, Latin American. Anyway, this person ain't 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 a white boy, <clears throat> and because of that, she's using all of these other excuses to say, I don't think marriage will work. Because the whole goal is once you're get engaged, then you they gave them like a getaway. They had like a getaway to actually like be with one another, and then after that. They cohabitated. They put them in their apartment. They lived together. And then after that, they met each other's families. And then it was like, like it was pretty much all this up to the wedding. And I don't, for, I don't remember what the weeks were um, in terms of from beginning to end. But it was like, you know, it was like a, let's just say for the sake of conversation, like a, 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 a 30 week experiment but I, I like I said I don't remember what the weeks were so anyway um you have people who were just like who really are the type of people where looks certainly matter and they know that and they went on this show under false pretenses in my in my opinion um and found somebody that they fell in love with and I find it crazy to to be like I love you so much. You're the best person that I've ever met in my life. You make me complete. Yada, yada, yada. But I cannot say yes to this marriage. It's like, fuck. So you didn't know this shit yesterday? Like at any point in time, you you probably could have stopped at this social experiment to be like, this bullshit ain't gonna work. But no, you get dressed, you pick a dress, you do makeup, you 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 have your friends haul their asses out here, you got your best friend best girlfriends, these ugly ass dresses, you got your all the dresses weren't ugly, but a, a lot of them were. Um You know what I'm saying? You got people wasting their goddamn time. And you know full goddamn well you're not going to do it. Because to me, it seems crazy for you to be like up into the moment that I'm on the aisle, you know, like literally across from the person. And the person asked me, do I want to spend the rest of my life with this person? I don't really know. Like, that seems crazy it, it to me anyway. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes, you can be nervous because it's a big step in your life, but not nervous to the fact to the point where you're like, I don't know if I would. I don't know if I'm going to marry this person. And, and when they're trying to be, you know, trying to pull from you some they want to be assured you know what I'm saying it's like I know I feel this way how do you feel and you're like uh, I don't really know if I'm gonna know how I feel till tomorrow I'm like girl girl this is foolishness nonetheless you got people on the show who know who knew who they were they knew that looks were extremely important and yet they they whacked out so let, let me talk about the issues let me talk about two things, a couple of things that bothered me um, severely. I'm going to talk about the good things and then I'm going to talk about the, the thing that we all knew. Okay. Um, so the first couple, which is Carlton and Diamond, um, which was a black couple. So I was happy to see that there was some diversity. It was a black couple. Um, my friends kept joking because Diamond was saying that she was a professional. Well, she's a professional basketball dancer, not a cheerleader, a professional basketball dancer. But 
all of her wardrobe and shoes resembled that of a stripper. Uh, so they was like, she's just a stripper. And I was like, that's rude. She's a professional basketball dancer. So I was on Diamond's side. And her wig was not twisted the entire show. You'll understand where that comes from a little bit later. She fell in love with Carlton. Now, Carlton basically from the get-go was like, you know, I don't know if Diamond is going to accept me because I am bisexual. Uh, and he didn't necessarily say bisexual. He kept talking about his sexuality. Like he didn't want to necessarily define it. He basically just said that he falls in love with hearts and spirits and, you know, uh, you know, ghosts and goblins and bullshit like that. And that, um, and that it didn't matter what their sex was, you know, um, that he was attracted to a person's spirit. Okay. Cool beans. Call it what it is. You bisexual. You like dudes. You like girls. It, and it's cool. It is what it is. Um, the argument in the room was like, I don't care that he's bisexual. It's just that he seemingly likes dudes more than he likes girls. And if that's it, that's cool. Like, but why be in this 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 particular position? So my whole thing with, with Carlton is one thing he said was absolutely true. Black men. Um are in a league of their own in terms of having the privilege because it's a privilege it it honestly is a privilege to experience and express fluidity in their sexuality you see it all the time the minute a guy ever says that he's ever been attracted to or with another guy a black man says this he is automatically casted off as gay there's no there's no spectrum for him you know, he doesn't get the benefit of a doubt. He can't. It's like that episode of Insecure. And I think I've talked about this before where Molly's character was into this guy who admitted that he had had a sexual encounter with another guy. Another guy sucked him off. He was like, I didn't like it. And it never happened again. But I was curious. And so an opportunity presented itself and I wanted to see what it's like. Well, she wrote him off immediately immediately wasn't a bad guy she ended up fucking her friend who had a who had a wife who said he was in an open relationship when he wasn't so i mean you know i'm saying she was in a much worse situation and it it doesn't mean that you should i'm just saying that he was a much better guy because he you know he admittedly and he didn't even say he was bisexual he just said that he had had an experience with a guy and he didn't like it but a lot of times black men are, are, are put in those categories. And I see it all the time. Like there are, if, if a guy enjoys being, being plugged, maybe this is a little different, but there, there's a couple, it's a husband and a wife and, or pegged. That's what it's called. So his wife puts on a strap on and she fucks him. Okay. Um, most people are like, Oh, that's gay. Why would a man want, but it's like, it's his wife. He's not doing this with other people. It's something he enjoys. He enjoys having this prostrate prostrate (laughs) his prostate massage it feels good he's into it it's fine it's his wife you know what i'm saying he's not claiming bisexuality or any other sexuality he literally has a wife he's engaging in this activity with his wife now one may argue maybe he shouldn't you know uh put that out for public consumption and display maybe that's the case but the point i'm trying to make is is that black men don't have the privilege to express and explore their sexuality and carlton was concerned and i think rightfully so that diamond would not understand so he didn't lead the conversation with saying hey 
I'm bisexual or hey, I like both sexes or hey, I've been involved with the opposite sex as well as the same sex in the past. They got engaged. They went on the trip. He told her and he made a classic mistake in my opinion. He expected her to be at the level of acceptance that he that he said that he was at. Because it, it, it's actually very clear as you watch it that he's not at the level of acceptance of self. Um, he's not where he wants to be or where he said he is in terms of his own self-acceptance of, wh- of where he is sexually, wherever it is. Because I don't know. I don't know Carlton. So I'm just commenting based on what I saw. And from what I saw, it, he looks like a person who's still struggling to define who he is and who he wants to be. Or who he wants to be with. Which is fine. He's well within his right. But the mistake he made is. He expected her. To just be okay. With this revelation. Because he was being open and honest. And not giving her an opportunity to process. And that shit just isn't fair. Because Diamond actually. Because she loved him. Air quotes. Um was willing to have a conversation and to wrap her head around things and wanted to know where he came from and what was going on. And, you know, she had to get comfortable with this and she had very legitimate questions. So does this mean like you've decided that you, that you're in love with me, that you want to be with me. Um, but because you have this attraction to hearts and, and souls and spaces and places what is the possibility that you can wake up one morning and this not be enough for you or you don't get what you need, you know, uh, holistically from me, a woman? What happens then? And, and his response was so hostile, which to me is a is, is a clear, a clear example or not clear example, a clear indication that he's still trying to figure some shit out for himself. Um and so he went there and like a friend said, he, he, he like bitched out. And so then it becomes a situation where he's defensive and now he's hostile. And now it's like, you ain't all that cute anyway. Your wig been twisted this whole fucking show. And that's why I don't deal with bitches like you. Really, sir? Really, sir? So now, so this is where we go. Um, it just wasn't cool. And they could have agreed to disagree. There's other ways that they could have handled that particular situation. And I feel like he really, it was a missed opportunity if he indeed was in love with Diamond and wanted to, wanted to see that relationship through. So that's the first one that was a fuck up. But I had to talk about that one first because they didn't even make it. (laughs) They was only on the island like one night Um, and then it was done for them. And you could kind of tell because he was like, in my opinion, he was like overdoing it. And obviously, again, this is scripted reality. And like I said on my Facebook page, it was still um, written better than any Tyler Perry production I've ever seen. But um, it's one of those situations where obviously there's an acting element in this because they're in front of cameras and you could tell that he was being extra and overt he was he was given a lot of extraness in the form of trying to be i guess more masculine and more more aggressive or what he thought she might like 
outside of the pod because she fell in love with him based on the energy from the pod and then they get out of the pod and his energy changed and I feel like he felt like he had to put on um to prove something to her so it was a clusterfuck so that's the first one that's a mess the second one that was a mess in my opinion was Kelly and Steve which actually threw me for a loop because I thought that Kelly and Steve were a really good match because she talked about how you know she pretty much presented herself as this person who had image issues personal image issues um like low self-esteem and stuff like that like she was heavier than she normally was and different things like that and she actually didn't look bad in my opinion and I actually thought they were going to be cool because they were just to me they were real granola white couple you know what I'm saying like that's just what it was but as the show progressed like her colors really showed and she was like "Mm, he's normally not the type of guy I go for I normally go for brunettes because I think he was like a ginger I normally go for brunettes and people with six packs and he didn't have either of those things and I was like oh oh she wanted him and so her friends were like well bitch you got a bad picker because you always picking abusive ass motherfuckers or people that you infatuated with because of their looks but they ain't shit and so she finally got a guy who wasn't a bad looking guy let's be clear i don't believe that steve was an unattractive guy by any stretch of imagination to be quite honest i believe that this was a bit of a fallacy of the show because none of the people were were really unattractive i may not have thought they were attractive and some of them had some annoying characteristics but in terms of if you put them in a lineup of their type and the type of people they would go for and like they were they were good for television they were attractive nobody was like nobody was on the heavy side most of the guys were pretty fit um the girls the same way so you know even the girls that were thicker like Gigi she was thicker but I believe that a lot of that had to do with her her Venezuelan background um she still wasn't a she wasn't a fat girl by any stretch of imagination she just was a little thicker so she was really like showing her colors and I thought she was a really cool person I thought that their family dynamic was cool because they met each other's parents and her both of their parents were individuals who had met and courted a very short period of time before they got married and these people have both been together 30 plus years you know so even though they were like we do think that the way that you guys went about finding each other and certainly getting engaged is a little unorthodox. When I really think about it, the only difference is, is that you hadn't seen each other, but we all had very, very short courtships, which led to very, very, to even shorter engagements that have been pretty long lasting relationships and marriages where we've had children and shit like that um and her sister I thought was awesome too because I think she was just very supportive and really wanted her sister to be happy and she made a comment that I thought was very important before she walked down the aisle because the whole premise is they get to the wedding they walk down the aisle and then at the point at the point where you say I do you can say I do not okay and she was like listen when you are I just want you to think about some shit because you've dated she ba- I'm gonna put it in layman's terms you've dated some shitty motherfuckers in the past you've had you've made some really poor choices based on aesthetics and looks and it's landed you in this space you know what I'm saying her mom was like the last the last dude you like it was pure infatuation and she was like well I 
she basically was like, because I'm not infatuated with this guy. Um, that must mean I don't love him. And that was her premise for them not fucking. Um, cause all the other, some of the other couples had engaged. Um, they hadn't, you know, they hadn't messed around. They were like affectionate and emotional and, you know, like touchy feely and like in the bed and cuddling and shit like that. But you know, his whole thing was like, we had sex. And her thing was like, well, I, I don't really want to ruin what we have. And what it really was. And at first I thought, okay, this could be slightly legitimate, but because they were so affectionate, I kind of gave it a pass. Like I didn't. I didn't look at it as roughly as I had looked at maybe Jessica and Mark, which I'll talk about in a minute, um, because they hadn't had sex when they first got on the island and he was really into her. And she was kind of like, I don't really know. I think sex ruins things. But I knew that hers. I knew she was on some bullshit. But with Kelly, I was like, okay, this might be a little legitimate. You know, I've never orgasmed before. That was probably a lie in the line. But nonetheless, I kind of gave her a pass and then she got up there and she basically was like, I do not. And he reacted. He was obviously very, very hurt, but reacted very calmly to the point where her mom, like their moms were in disbelief. Her sister was in disbelief, but her sister told her she was supporting no matter what. But her mom, Kelly's mom was like, oh my God, I love this guy. <laughs> like he's great. Almost to the point where she's like, well, if you don't want him, maybe I can hook him up with somebody else who got some goddamn sense like your sister, because you certainly do not. Nonetheless, um, that was an interesting one that kind of threw me for a loop. I didn't expect it to go that way. Um, and it's crazy because all of the guys were in except for Barnett. Barnett is the only guy that I thought might be like, hell no. Um, because of some of the other things that happened. And I'll talk about that in a minute too. Um, so it, it was surprising to me um, that she said no, because I thought before that they were like, like I said, granola. They were they were a standard white American couple. And I thought that it would have worked on to Gigi and Damien. OK, so I made the mistake of saying very early on in my viewing that I thought that Gigi was cool. But this is the premise. So let me explain. Damien was really concerned because he had taken so much time off work that it wasn't really approved time so he was concerned about his his job security like he's like you know i've i've taken so much time off of work it wasn't really approved i don't know if i'm gonna go back to a job and i want to be in a position to take care of my of my wife and her response showed a lot of empathy and that's when i said i liked her i didn't really there were a couple of things that i thought were going to be problems for them because like when he when he proposed she she's she had a very dominant personality and she's one of those women who proposes or would propose and so in that moment i think she kind of took his balls and put him in a vice grip because he's a big guy and i thought i hate to say this but i've never seen so many white men cry on tv it's it's ridiculous and he was really really fucking emotional and so um it kind of took me for a, a threw me for a loop because he didn't seem like he would be that type of guy. Um, he was he kind of gave me like like Paul Bundy type, not the serial killer. Oh, that's Ted. Okay, so he gave me Paul Bundy type vibes, like you know, you know, like a lumberjack in a sense. Like he's tall. He was he was very thick. Um, 
Yeah, like he would just like be in the forest chopping down trees. But he was like snotting and sniffling and snaggling and shit. And I was like, I don't really understand the meaning of any of this. But whatever. It is what it is. Um, She ended up proposing to him. He accepted. They got together. She thought he was very, very attractive. Which, I mean, he's a pretty decent guy. Although I will say this. I feel like this show aged him. I feel like when he started this process, he was first term Obama. And when he ended the process, he was... (laughs) <laughs> second term Obama plus 10 years like Gianna Gianna Gigi cause I keep pronouncing her name wrong she's got a lot of fucking ends um, she aged him because she was so like erratic which is not something I saw at first like I thought that her personality was dominant and strong but again I like the way that she responded to him being a little insecure about what his financial situation might be and then for her to turn around and just like she was nuts she was nuts and they were always arguing and he basically kind of put his foot down and was like listen this some bullshit and let me like like i'm cowering and i'm not being who i am because i don't know how you're gonna respond and i know how that can be being in a situation with someone who can be in terms of personality can sometimes be a little erratic like you don't know what you're gonna get and so to keep the peace to avoid confrontation you make the adjustment you know you you know you let that person operate in their crazy and and you make the adjustment and that's what he did and he got to a place where he was like i can't do this anymore because i'm compromising myself now i can't be married to somebody where i can't be who i am when i'm trying to let them be who they are and so he was doing everything that he could to 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 kind of reach some common ground and then on the day of the wedding, he bitched up, in my opinion. Because I believe he knew. Like, he gave the impression that it didn't matter what she did or what was going on with her, that he was going to marry her regardless and just deal with that shit. And then he got to that motherfucker and was like, I do not. And this is why. And so that was a whole shit show. And it was like the first wedding. So it was overly dramatic. And she was like running down the street in her heels. And then she fell and ruined her dress. And then they went back and did some... um. some some post editing where you couldn't see where she had fell in mud um which is very Tyler Perry-esque actually but nonetheless uh, (laughs) I'm so I'm being so shady my bad but um I was surprised at how that all shook out they had a conversation she was very aggressive and ultimately he was like I'm not saying I still love her I'll always be in love with her maybe it worked out but after you embarrass somebody at their fucking wedding like it probably ain't gonna never happen. So that was that couple. Next couple, which I'll talk about, which is interesting, is it's kind of like a triangle. So you have Barnett and Amber and Mark and Jessica. So Jessica hit it off with Mark pretty early. Jessica's a white chick. She's like 34. Mark is 24, 10 years younger than her. And um, he's Spanish, of Spanish descent. Um like Spanish speaking, like his mom speaks Spanish primarily. Uh, and so I don't think if she could pick up on that right away, but she kept harping on the age, which I thought was interesting because Barnett, the other guy that she was into is 27. So three years in, in, in men ain't that big of a deal. I'm gonna be honest with you, especially not in their 20s. So it's not like I she was going to get a significantly different in my opinion, a significantly different approach to life from 24 to 27. Now, I will say this. At 24 and 27, Barnett and Mark are different people. 
Um, Barnett had his own house. Wasn't a big house, but he had his own house. Um, whereas Mark lived with friends. He's 24. So I do believe that there were some disparities in terms of like personality and stuff like that. But nonetheless, she was making it a making a, a big deal about this age thing initially. Okay. So she liked Barnett and Amber also really liked Barnett, but Amber from the very beginning was like, it's, it's Barnett a bust. Like, I'm not going to, it's nobody else. I ain't like nobody else. Nobody else is cool. It's Barnett or bust. So she was clear. And I think some of the mistake that she made and, and maybe even Mark to a certain extent was really talking about the people in the pods that they really was into because everybody had a, a right and opportunity to date these people. So if you blowing them up, talking about how fucking great they are and I go on my date, like I may try to scoop, you know what I'm saying? And I think that that's the mistake that some of these people made. So she was talking to both of them and I guess she got to a place where Bar- Barnett did some fuckboy shit where he was like, yeah, I would marry you. And so based on that, because I think that the connection between Barnett and Jessica started to grow, she basically like dissed Mark and was like, yeah, I think I'm gonna weigh my options. And he's like, fuck, because Mark was very similar to Amber and it's Jessica or bust. Like she's the person I've made a connection with. She's the person I want to be with. This is what I want to do. So Mark was like blown. Then she went back to Barnett and Barnett was like, yeah, I don't think I want to marry you like that. Like, I mean, you cool. So then she was pissed and she got drunk and she was telling everybody he was on some bullshit. And at this point, he was still kind of teeter tottering seemingly between Amber and LC. Ultimately, he chose Amber. He chose. Oh, fuck. I can't speak today. Ultimately, he chose Amber. LC was kind of left out of the loop. Um, And then Jessica went back to Mark and was like, I'm so stupid. I made a mistake. And he's like, are you sure? And this is where I feel like he made the mistake. I think Mark, even though he's 24 and he's young, I think that culturally, in his culturally, as a Spanish person, as somebody of Spanish descent, you know, family's a big deal to them. I don't think it's uncommon for them to marry young and, and live their lives and support their families and different things like that. So him getting married at 24 wasn't this big deal. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so he, he was ready for it. And I think that that clouded his judgment. I think he really liked Jessica. He really thought she was a great girl. Um, and then, of course, when he saw her, he thought she was absolutely gorgeous. And so that didn't 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 help the situation. And so he kind of went for it. And I think that there were plenty of red flags that gave him indications that she wasn't shit. Because although I call Barnett a fuckboy for doing the same, doing to him, what she ultimately ended up doing to Mark, um, she's definitely a fuck girl. And a grown ass woman fuck girl. Because she's like 34 years old. And I'm gonna be honest with you. A white woman who's 34 years old, who has not been married, it there's something there's something fundamentally wrong with that picture because the world is designed for her to win. You know what I'm saying? She's not a bad looking girl. She had a, a, a pretty successful career. She had a pretty nice house. She got money. 
You know what I'm saying? As an individual, you know, she's done all these things as an individual. So merging two households together and becoming going from a, a, a six figure to a six figure plus type of household. I mean, easy peasy, but you ain't with nobody because you fucked up. And so that proves itself because throughout the whole fucking series, she like lying to every goddamn body. She's constantly challenging him creating issues for him she gets drunk she can't hold her liquor she gets drunk she's all in barnett's face um he calls her on it and she's like well he's very attractive and i'm really into him and he's the type of guy i normally go to to your fucking fiance bitch really you know and then you all in um all of his you're all you're you're constantly feeling like you need to have these conversations to smooth things over and make sure that Barnett understands where you're coming from and then you subsequently need to have conversations with Amber to make sure that she understands that you're not that you think that they're perfect together and it's a bunch of bullshit because the whole time y'all trying on dresses the whole time she talking every time the screen is you know Amber's getting screen time and they pan over to see what Jessica's response is she's fucking irritated because she feels like he got she got the guy that she normally goes for and then to add insult to injury she's like I never would have thought you would have gone for somebody like her bitch what the fuck does that mean that's insulting that's insulting to me and that's insulting to my fiance but it's always but I don't mean no harm no bitch you mean all the harm so you go through all of this you know that mark's a good guy you meet with your girlfriends these are your girls you know these are people that you are honest with regardless of the situation i ain't never lied to my friends about how i felt about a motherfucker you know what i'm saying like for real you know i may have not been completely 100 percent honest about you know every aspect of the relationship but you you have the right to have some autonomy about what you share and what you don't share but i ain't never lied and been like i'm really into a motherfucker that i ain't into and that's what she did multiple times lied about how she felt about this dude so he thinking everything going together he's doing everything that he can creating pods type scenarios and situations so that she can feel more comfortable opening up to him and they get to the wedding day and she did exactly what i knew she was going to do she was like, I do not. And she gave some bullshit ass excuse, which was whack. It had nothing to do with the fact that Mark was young. It had the fact it had everything to do with the fact that Mark did not fit the type that she normally goes for, which is all American white boy, which Barnett does. And she was secretly holding this flame and obsession over Mark. And then at the bachelorette party, Amber pretty much was like, yeah, you know, knew that she was drunk. And she was like trying to explain to her. And she was like, yeah, I would have beat your ass. You know, like if I really would have thought that you were trying to sabotage or derail my relationship with Barnett, I would have fucked you up. Pretty much. That's what she said, which I thought was hilarious because she was calm, cool and collected. But she was like, hey, this is what it is. So now on to Barnett and Amber. So my biggest issue with Barnett and Amber really is Amber pretty much was like, I only work to live. I got a bunch of fucking debt and I kind of want to be a stay at home mom and not really do no shit. And I hope that she's like, I haven't worked since we got back, but Barnett's been killing himself because I got to pay for dress alterations and I got to pick up makeup. And I've been so busy planning a wedding that I can't fucking work. I don't really have a place to live. I'm homeless. I'm just going to move in with Barnett when we get back. Bitch, what? So my whole thing with Barnett is he set himself up for failure and the okie doke because this bitch is going to get pregnant because trailer park bitches are fertile as shit. She's going to get pregnant as quick as hell and then they're going to be stuck. And I feel like 
it's sucky for him because he's already in a situation where he he feels the pressure of trying to maintain a household that ain't no fucking partnership like fall in love with somebody at first sight get a chance to know them but when they start divulging shit like this like i don't want to fucking work i hope barnett can take care of me bitch are you kidding me no no (laughs) not gonna be able to do it surprisingly he went through with it i actually thought he was gonna get cold feet and really pull out which would have been smart because i really i get him six months another friend said a year i really get him six months i don't think it's gonna work because how can it in that type of scenario like it literally is set up to fail when you have a partner who doesn't want to pull their weight she literally wants to be a stay-at-home mom she don't want to have one kid, multiple kids. Who the fuck going to feed these kids and you? And you still want to live your life and drink and have fun. And it's like, yeah, we can have fun, but we need to have fun in a partnership, not this whole one-sided bullshit. So we'll see how all that works out, but I'm not very hopeful that it's going to be a very successful end. Last and certainly not least, as I near an almost an hour of conversation, I have to talk about Lauren and Cameron. So I'm down with the squirrel. I get it. You know what I'm saying? We are in, in, we are in, you got to, you got to go for what you know. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't unexpected. I was actually surprised, but not surprised to find out that Cameron had been in a long term relationship with a black girl prior to Lauren, which he said about five years. So that was kind of good. Um, their chemistry was the only chemistry to me that seemed to be organic and realistic. Like I believed that that shit could work for them. And I didn't feel that way about any other couple while I was watching the show. And so I was I was rooting for them from the beginning. Like I was like, I really hope that this works out, even though it's very non-conventional. And they the only ones that seemed like they really wanted to make it work. You know, he was really into her, very endearing, um, also very emotional, really a crier. These big ass white boys crying. But I believed it. I believed that every bit of it was sincere. Like he really wanted to make it work and he was willing to do whatever he thought was necessary in order to take care of her. And I thought that that was sweet. Um, everything was good with them up until the end because I felt like she was just a little tippet and it was kind of getting on my nerves where she was like, I really can't give you a definitive answer if I'm going to say yes. I love you. You're the best guy that I've ever met. I've never been in situations like this. You hit it off with my mom. You surprisingly hit it off with my dad who had the best line in the whole series. He said... If Lauren loves you, I like you. <laughs> and so Cameron, because he's slick, was like, well, you know, my my goal is to make it so you love me one day, too. You know what I'm saying? And so I, I also thought that more than a few of the couple's parents were the sweetest and the cutest in terms of their response. Because it's, it's weird. Like, you want the best for your kids. And so you don't expect that your kids come home after going on this experiment that you didn't really fully understand to bring a stranger like oh i'm gonna get married to this nigga (laughs) in a couple of weeks so i can i i i understand the trepidation these parents had and especially with lauren and the climate in the world that we're in her parents like she's like i'm pro-black my father's extremely pro-black um i don't know how he's gonna respond and you know he didn't give him the business but he was just like listen you know y'all gonna have some complications in this world because you're a white man and she's a black woman and i just want to make sure that you got my baby girls back you know what i'm saying and i respect that as a dad you know what i'm saying he was like i only i only i will only judge you based on how you treat her that's all i got you know what i'm saying and that's real it's 100 
I appreciate that. I thought her mom was cute too, but her dad was hilarious and he was very emotional towards the end because that was his baby and you could see it, you know, you could see how much he loved her and how much he wanted her to be happy. And so that's why he was there holding her down because he knew that that was important to her. But they're the ones that got married. Barnett, I'm sorry, Barnett and, uh, Barnett and, uh, Amber also got married too. So five, six couples, five actual weddings but two actual marriages <laughs> funny but it is what it is I, I I did at least expect I expected one for sure I was more like two and a possible so you know so it all worked out in the end but I really liked their whole connection I thought it was sweet it made sense from the beginning it was very endearing like he really was going out of his way to make her feel comfortable um, and I think that, you know, he had a lot of training ground. The fact that, like I said, they didn't really talk about past relationships, but the fact that he had been with a black woman before for a number of years um, kind of shows that he understood what he was getting into. He knew what he liked. Um, and he really liked Lauren. And by the way, Lauren is, Lauren Speed is fucking gorgeous, okay? So <laughs> let me just put it out there. I have always, <laughs> despite what you might think, uh, have had and, and what I've said and who I date uh have had an affinity for chocolate girls and Lauren was B.A.D. bad you know like Regina King Nia Long type bad like for real you know what I'm saying like she was a gorgeous girl you know what I'm saying even in the freshness of I ain't got on a bunch of makeup and my hair is in a bonnet she was a beautiful girl and you know really you know young and idealistic about love and to be quite honest for black girls it's not always it doesn't always work out that way where you're in your 20s or even in your 30s where you find yourself in situation or even in your 40s where you find yourself in a situation where you connect with somebody that you want to spend your life with and they're on the same page that ain't how our lives are set up that's not how black lives are set up it just isn't you know what i'm saying it's not kind of how society works like the american dream for us is a lot different and so she you know she wanted those things and i understand her reservations i'm not mad about her reservations i'm more or less i was i was just a little annoyed or frustrated very similar to to to, to cameron and how she was expressing it but it all worked out in the end i feel like they had a beautiful wedding she didn't her dress was really cute. I think that most of them picked pretty nice dresses, which was, you know, they were all relatively small girls. So it's a little easier when you're small, but they had really nice dresses, but she had some of the best bridesmaids dresses. They were like this wine color. I was really feeling that. Nonetheless, I thought it was a pretty good show. I'm looking very forward to the reunion because there's supposed to be a reunion of Love is Blind. So people can kind of talk to the, through these things and figure out who's still together, who's had some obvious complications and who of these couples who did not actually get married are still fucking around one another because there's always that possibility. Um, probably with Mark and Jessica because if he fell for it once, he'll fall for it again. Oh, let me tell you the other thing that pissed me off about Jessica and Mark's wedding. Jessica is the person who said I do not which didn't surprise me i felt like she was going to get to the altar and, and say that although she was bullshitting and lying before the time came but what surprised me and pissed me off which speaks to privilege 
is when she said I do not and walked off one of her girlfriends turned back and was like that's so embarrassing for her I said bitch for her she the one who said she don't want to get married she just left this man at a goddamn altar you want to talk about somebody who's embarrassed him and his fucking family and his friends <laughs> all the people that he invited and he's been trying to sell them this story that this is a good idea and they've been telling them this bullshit from the beginning and then she leave him jilted <laughs> at the altar and you like I'm embarrassed this is so embarrassing for her fuck her fuck jessica didn't like her from the very beginning and she proved her colors she proved to be the ultimate fuck girl anyway love is blind y'all should check it out that's my commentary i put a lot of posts on facebook during you know the actual series but i haven't gone back and post since i finished watching everything because there's no need because i have podcast so you can come here and you can hear my thoughts anyway this is a super super long one but it's entertaining um and i'm almost running out of time so continue to like continue to share continue to post continue to send me ideas i feed and thrive off your ideas i'm working on different ways to present content obviously this is a lot different because i'm like not in a moving vehicle today but i was just having some complications this morning it kept stopping and starting and i didn't feel like trying to edit it i ain't had time for that so i was like i'm just gonna start over as long as it get posted today we good because i'm trying to you know keep it up because we are approaching our second year april is upon us so I love y'all. I thank y'all for supporting me and dealing with my crazy and um, my my serious and my soapboxes and um, my scatterbrain. I love y'all for real. Um, I was going to say something else. I was talking, thinking about it this morning and I was like, the only person who's going to get it is my one friend, Q. I already said sniggling and snaggling, so he'll get that. Um, that's an inside joke from college. But there was something else that I was thinking about and I was like, Ain't nobody gonna get it but him, and I can't remember what the fuck it is. But anyway, now I'm rambling. So I'm gonna go. Shout out to Q, one of my loyal co-hosts. Uh, I will talk to you guys later. Uh, love y'all. Have a great Tuesday and a great week. Peace.